wearing the title of today's message. So, let's get some slides up on the screen here and we will read today's scripture passage. Then we'll start a little bit differently. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. This is Luke chapter 15, verses 18 to 24. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's just stand and pray a moment, shall we? Now in the Bible, there's a place where the Jews worship God called the day of Pentecost. And on that day, they wave two loaves of bread in front of the altar. It's the only time that bread is allowed to have yeast in it. All the other offerings, the yeast is removed. What's yeast a picture of? Sin. So how come one of the offerings is allowed to have sin in it? That's what it means. It's when it comes to asking God to send the Holy Spirit to our lives. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, without the Holy Spirit, you won't get a chance to be perfect. So God has to send his Spirit to us when we are cleansed and washed by the blood of Jesus in order to perfect us and change us and guide us in life. So I'm going to ask us to put our arms in the air and imagine you're holding your two loaves of bread now. As you hold them, we're just going to hold them up before the Lord and say, Lord, come to me by your spirit. Lord, send your spirit to us today. Send your spirit into our hearts, into my life. Lord, I give you my offering of bread which has the yeast in it. Lord, I bring you the offering such as I can bring. Even with the yeast, you will send your spirit into my life. Let's pray this together. Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my mind. Change my thoughts. Change my attitudes. Change my heart. Change the way I feel about you. Change the way I feel about myself. Send your spirit to me and give me a new start. Amen. Please take a seat. Our title today is Back to the Start. That was the title of our G12 conference a few weeks ago. And I'm going to do what you don't like me to do now. Turn this microphone on and come round and ask you a question in front of everybody. This is your chance to feign illness or run out to the bathroom. Otherwise, you could be a target. Paul Corelius, you're first. No, actually, Adam, you're on the sound desk. Don't think these guys get away with it, do you? Adam, tell us something about the conference and back to the start. What does back to the start of the conference mean for you? What did God do you 
for you there in terms of back to the start? Um, it helped Jane and I determine to change our routine. I think we realized we had time in our days that we weren't using um, for the kingdom and we wanted to change that. So we decided to set goals to have conversations with people to invite them to our city group every day. Um, and so we're aiming to have two each every day. Wow. Impressive. Thank you. Is Jane here? Was she out there? Jane, come and give us your side of the story. <laughs> if you want to know something, ask the man. If you want to know the truth, ask the wife. <laughs> Jane, come out here. Tell us what Back to the Start was for you. Um, yeah, similar to Adam. This is where you put a contemplator on the spot. <laughs> um, similar to Adam, I think um, just going back to um, the order of priorities in life, I think um, we um, know that in the vision, we um, know that God goes first and then actually ourselves and family and ministry and work and um, looking at that again and looking at our lives and our schedules and saying, oh, is that actually the way that we're living out our day-to-day lives? And um, I'm going back to the start of that and um, not to say because Pastor Clive is standing right next to me, but going back to the first love um, as well. Pastor Clive preached on um, going back to that first love and, um, and just going back to basics. I think that was really important for us. Um, going back to basics of what it is to know Jesus every day and to follow him and to love him and with everything that we have. And um, there's one line um, that stuck out to us about um, letting the Bible do our thinking um, for us and, um, and letting that influence how we see, um, uh, see our lives and, and those around us as well. Pretty good for a contemplator being put on the spot. Excellent. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Adam. Okay. Here's something else from the conference. Raisa, come and join me on stage. Where's Raisa? Is she here? Yeah, Raisa. I have here in my hand a piece of paper. Now tell me, Raisa, is this your handwriting here? <laughs> it is. Did this come from you? Yes, it did. Did you get this word from the Lord? Yes, I did. Okay, I'm going to read it out for you, and then you're going to pray for us, okay? okay. You ready for this? You can be thinking about how to pray for us. I want your best, most powerful prophetic prayer. Those of you that know Raisa will know she is very prophetic in spirit, in temperament, in manner, and in the way she expresses the Holy Spirit and what God is doing. So do pray for her husband. And... <laughs> I'm teasing you. You're great. He's a good man. He has other gifts, and that's what God does. He puts different gifts together. This is what Raisa wrote out on the 5th of the 7th. That's two days ago. I have a word God has put in my heart for a while now. After the G12 conference 2019 in London, I felt now is the right time to share the word with you. This was written to Karis and Ben. Um, so is it fair to say you had this word before the conference? I did. Great. But now's the time to bring it out after the conference. Excellent. The theme of the conference was going back to the start. I believe it is time for us to go back to the start, beginning as individuals and as a church. The word I have is this, that International Harvest Church needs to uh, go back to that vision they were called for. And if they have deviated from that original vision, they should repent and ask God to show them how or reveal the vision again. I believe when we go back to that vision as individuals and as a church together, we will meet the vision that God has called us for as an individual and as a church. The word I got from the Bible is the entire book of Jonah. God gave Jonah a vision but he decided to follow his own vision. Wow. Hence, ended up in the mouth of a fish. Today, we could behave like Jonah, hence delaying the vision God has for us, which, we could, uh, which, which could lead to stagnation. 
This is what I felt God has put in my heart. So I decided to share with you, if we try to copy others or implement our own vision, we will not see the fruit. Abraham tried this, and Ishmael was the result. I am praying for God to take me back to the start and also for us, the church, to go back to the start. Wow, isn't that an awesome word? Brysa, you're going to pray for us to go back to the start. Will you please stand again? Pray your best prophetic prayer and pray for us on the back of your prophecy there. I hope you're ready for this. All right, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Daddy, we worship your name this hour. We bless your holy name, Lord, because mm. we know you are the God that speaks. Yeah. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Mm. Daddy, we thank you for this year. We thank you for 2019. We thank you, oh, Lord Jesus, for the theme of the conference. We thank you for taking us back to the start. Lord, we come before your throne as daughters and as sons and as a church. And we repent. We cry out before yeah. you this hour. You. That wherever we have deviated from that vision, for that, oh, that in which we are called for. Yeah. That we repent this hour and we pray that may you forgive us. Daddy, we pray for fresh anointing this morning. Yeah. We pray for fresh revival in our heart. Yeah. Daddy, that which has deviated us, oh, Daddy, from not focusing on your vision. Ah, Lord, this morning we pray, oh, Lord Jesus, that may you cast it out from our eyes in the name of Jesus. Daddy, we thank you, oh, Lord Jesus, for we thank you for this word. Daddy, for it is, indeed it is your word. It is coming from you. Daddy, we will not follow our own vision. We will no one outcome like Ishmael to come or daddy in our hand. We want the outcome that you have in store for us as a church. Daddy, we cry out to you, oh Lord Jesus, that begin to open our eyes, begins to show us that vision that you have in store. You are the God that speaks. And this hour, all of us as ISC, oh Lord Jesus, will begin open your mouth and worship God. Open your mouth and seek, oh daddy, ask God what he has in store, oh Lord, for ISC. So God will begin to reveal it and he will begin to reveal us the how, how to perform it, how to go about it, oh Lord. It's not just about revealing. He revealed to Moses and tell him to go and free the children out of Israel. And God showed him the how. And I believe God can still show us the how. Cry out, I open your mouth and cry out to God. Let him begin to show us the how. Let him begin to show us how to do it, how to fulfill our promises. We have been talking in this church about gifts. This is the right time. Ask God to reveal that gift to each one of you. We worship you, Holy Ghost. We worship you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. And you can take your seats. Thank you, Raisa, for that tremendous word and for your prophetic prayers right now. Now, before we go any further, cell leaders, house groups, city group leaders, um, there are notes from today and follow-up from today. I will also, uh, I've taken a couple of photos of this on my phone. I'll get that sent around to you as well so that uh, you can incorporate that in this week's cell. And can I say to you, cell leaders, please do the notes this week. Whatever else you've got in mind, please hold that over. This is really the sharp end of what God is saying to us at the moment. So I encourage you to follow that up with those notes and with this. Now, the aim of this morning's message is to give each one of us an opportunity to ask ourselves, What does back to the start mean for me? I'm personally convinced that if we ask God, he will show us. He will show each one of us by his spirit, even as I'm speaking, even as we're asking that question, what back to the start looks like for us. I'll tell you a little bit perhaps this morning about what it means for me. And each one of us can have a real deep sense of encounter with God and what back to the start looks like for us. 
You'll notice our Bible passage is a very simple, well-known, often preached on passage about a young man who has it all in life, but goes away, leaves, loses it all, and then returns. So here's my first point this morning. Back does not mean backwards. Back does not mean backwards. The son went back to his father. Back for him means returning to the father. He didn't go back in time. He didn't put the clock back. He didn't want to relive a part of his life all over again because that's not possible. He didn't try to claw back the money he'd squandered or the inheritance he'd wasted. Back for him meant going back to the source, going back to where he'd come from, going back to what gave him life, his family and his father. So back does not mean backwards. Actually, back for him meant forwards. So this morning I want to talk about going forwards by going backwards, or going back, not backwards. Does that make sense, or I've confused myself? Back was a way out for him from his predicaments, from his difficulties, and from the place he'd found himself at in life. So he went back to go forwards. In going back, he went forwards to a better relationship with his father. He went forward to a better relationship with God and he went forward to a better relationship with himself. Those are key in our lives. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others around us, especially those nearest to us, and our relationship with ourselves. As we were in the conference, God spoke to me personally about what back to the start looked like for me. And he showed me a very clear impression in front of my mind. It was in my mind, but it was like it was in front of my eyes. I saw a particular point in my life, and curiously enough, it wasn't the day I became a Christian. I would have thought that would have been it. It wasn't the day I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't even the day I got married. Important as all and major in my life as all of those things have been. God actually took me back to a picture on a wall that I stuck there of the city that I'd come from. I was away at university for three years. And during that time, my city was 80 or 90 miles away, I got hold of a picture of my city from a local bookshop, and I stuck it on the wall. And there was like a golden light shining on the city with all the spires and buildings, the historical buildings of Oxford. And the, 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 the photo was called Oxford, Golden Heart of England. And the reason I put it there was this. Unlike some other students, I was not looking to go to university and then just go wherever the wind took me or wherever I got a job. I had a heart to go back to my city to win the lost, to bring the kingdom of God, to make a difference. And what I did was I started to pray over that picture. After a week or two, I was reading a magazine and the magazine was talking about the power of the fire of God when it falls, the power of the Holy Spirit falling like fire. And in this magazine, it had a big picture of a flame down the side of the page, so I cut it out, ruined the article on the other side of the page, I'm sure, and I stuck it over the city. And for two years, I would come home in the afternoon from my student lectures or whatever I was doing, and the first thing I would do is I would put my bags down, I would kneel over my bed, and I would pray for my city the fire would fall. And I don't mean for a few minutes either. I spent a long time praying for my city, day after day after day. 
that the Holy Spirit would come and make a difference. Do you know what happens if you pray for God to do something? Number one, he does it. Number two, he has an awful habit of picking on you as the one who prayed to actually do the doing. So the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what back to the start means for you. Praying for the fire of God to come upon a city. And then the Lord said to me, why do you think you went back to Oxford and began your ministry life there? Why do you think you grew several city groups and cells? Why do you think you helped plant a church there? It was because you prayed. It was because you called the fire of God down on your city that that fire came on you as well. You were the answer to your own prayer or part of the answer to your own prayer. And that's where we established a church there. Um, first sort of free charismatic church in the city really of that type. I never realized that. I never connected what I prayed about with the outcome. And God said, that's what back to the start looks like for you. Now, if God said that to you, what would you do in response? Oh, very nice. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to carry on as normal. Or do you think God is saying something to me through that? Now, let's see if you can do what Bishop Oriel said at the conference and use your brain. bit of spiritual intelligence here. What do you think I should do in response to God saying, this is what back to the start looks like for you? If you were me, or if you were counselling me as my pastor or leader or something, what would you counsel me, Andy? I'd probably say, why don't you do that again with this city? Why probably? Uh... Are you hedging your bets here? Maybe. <laughs> How do you live with him? I you just tell him. You're a good say, wife. Yeah, I definitely say. I definitely say, get a photo of Newcastle and yeah. do the same thing again. See what yes. happens. Well, that's a good... And hands up if you agree with Andy. That would be a good response to the word. About two-thirds of you. Okay, I'm going to ask somebody who didn't put their hand up. Who's got a different... And oh, I'm teasing you. Is that hard to work out? what back to the start looks like. You heard what Adam and Jane said, reordering their day, reordering their priorities, changing what they do, wiping some apps off their phone, getting rid of Netflix, whatever it takes to release us into that back to the start mode of living. Well, you're quite right, and I have been doing that. That's exactly what I'm doing. Fortunately for me, the picture I have, I just look at the bay windows in the front of my house in the morning. I can see a good chunk of Newcastle or something like that, and it's here in our heart and mind. I haven't actually got a literal picture yet, but I have been praying daily for the fire of God to fall on this place. And I've been praying for you, all of you, for the fire of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the revival life of God to come on you. Do you feel it yet? Mm, I need to do some more praying this week. Okay. <laughs> we are going to pray and keep praying for that fire of God. It took me two years of praying to do that. I hope you're not quite so resistant as the people in Oxford. I'm sure you're not. No, I'm serious. That is how we respond. We change our lifestyle. We change our priorities. Instead of thinking, well, here's my list of priorities, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, oh, I can do this, number ten. It's got to, that's got to shunt its way up to number one. Oh. So I have made that priority number one. Sorry if I don't answer my phone too early in the morning. I'm praying for the fire to fall on you. Amen? Back does not mean backwards. Back means back to the source, back to the original. And when I felt God say that to me, I had this kind of reluctance in my life sort of to believe, can I go back to the start? And I felt the Lord say, you have permission. It's all right. What about everything that's gone before? What about not praying that like that or not? It's okay. Today is a new day. We've heard that already. Behold, I make all things new. You can give yourself permission right now to cut the past off, let it drift away, 
leave it behind and have a new start. Does anybody want a new start today? Amen. Even as I'm speaking, God can be firing things off in your memory, in your heart, about what back to the start looks like for you. We're going to follow some more of this up in our city groups this week and carry on this ministry. And if God is speaking to you now, write it down or impress it on your heart because the city group leaders will be giving you a chance to share some more of that in city group this week. And if they don't, phone me up straight away and I will talk to them. That's my first point. Back does not mean backwards. My second point is this. Back is possible with God. So the lost son finally comes to his senses. In the pigsty, here is where my life is now. Before with my father and my family. Here is where my life was then. How, how did I get from there to here? I didn't set out to end up here. I didn't get up one day at 17 and think, oh, let's make a mess of my life. Let's go and do everything I can to ruin my life. It didn't work like that. It was a, a wrong thought here and a wrong attitude there. It was an excuse for my behavior here and a wrong want there. And... Little by little of a time, I, I gave myself permission. This is okay. And I moved the boundaries. And, and little by little at first, and then lots by lots later on, my life went from there to where it is now. That's what happened. And the problem for this boy is he didn't come from the United Kingdom in 2019. See, we've had nearly 2,000 years of Christian history. And so we're used to the fact and used to this story that when he goes home, the dad takes him back. I never understood the power of this parable until I was with Sally and we visited Sylvia in Togo a few years back. And I was talking to one of Sylvia's key workers there, Joseph, and I said to Joseph, I said, Joseph, tell me how you became a Christian. How did the gospel get to you here in West Africa? He said, oh, pastor, it's like this. He said, I, I grew up in like a, a Catholic seminary, or Catholic school, I think it was. He said, and one day the priest showed us a film of the lost son and how he went off. And he said, and how he came back. I said, oh, yeah, that's very nice. He said, no, no, you don't understand. He said, we were shocked. Nobody in my village would take that boy back. It's not possible in my culture for a son to come back like that. Don't you understand? He's shamed and disgraced the whole family. There is not a father alive in the village I grew up in who would take that boy back. It is not possible. It is impossible. It is culturally unacceptable to have that boy back. And then we heard, in spite of all of that... The father took him back. Well, that blew our minds. I think that's my phrase. I don't know if they use that in West Africa a lot. But it really, we were shocked, I think was the word he used with me. He was about 15 years old, a teenager, said that's when I gave my heart to Christ. If that's what God is like, unlike any father in our society, if that's what God is like, that he would take my life from here when it's not possible when nobody else would even have anything to do with me and transport it 
all the way back here into his loving father's arms. If this God is like that, then I want to follow him. And he did. As a teenager, he gave his life to him and he's walking with God all of those years. <laughs> back to the start is possible with God, even if it's not with culture. For that boy who was lost in the Bible, it's the same in Hebrew culture as it is in Togo, Togolese culture. You can't go back when you've done that. There is no way back. And yet with this father, the boy could go back to the start. And the robe and the ring and the sandals and the feast, it tells you it's not just a grudging back to the start. It's a complete renewal back at the source, back at the origin. I'm back with my father. I'm back where I should have been. And all that stuff is just now gone. I'm with my dad. I'm with the one I should be with. I'm closer to the father. My sin has been dealt with. If you don't know that experience of sins forgiven, you need to. A few weeks after I became a Christian, I was a bit keen. This is some back to the start stuff. And because I was a young single man with nothing to do with my time, I thought I better really get on board with this Jesus who's moved into my life. I'm so excited and thrilled with what he's done for me. He saved me from my sins. So there we are on the streets witnessing to anybody that will stop, and even if they wouldn't. And we stopped this guy, and it turns out he's a priest. And this is what we said to him. We said, do you know you're going to heaven? He said, well, I hope so. We said, well, hope so isn't good enough. If you knew Christ, if you knew his power to forgive, if you knew his power to save you, you wouldn't say, I hope so. You would say, I know so. few weeks later in our church, another guy from a church, a pastor, he'd been a church leader for 30 years. He too hoped so. That night, for the first time, he found Christ. He found Christ truly because he'd never really understood. He'd never really known what it was to give his life to Jesus. He thought so. He hoped so. He followed the rest. But even as a leader in the church, he was not born again. He hadn't had that experience, that start experience, even to go back there. We need that experience of God. And if you don't have that back to the start sense, maybe it's because you need to have it for the first time. And even that is possible with God. Here's how it works. I used to work some years back with a tremendous evangelist. And I used to go around preaching. I used to do his sound for him and pray for people with him and a whole lot of work with him. This was one of the guys in his church. This man was nowhere with God. His life had gone into the equivalent of the son's pigsty. He was married. He had young children. He was in financial need. He was in debt. He had a severe drink problem. He was reliant on the drink, and he was abusive and aggressive at home. He worked in a nightclub. He was a musician. He played the piano, sang in this nightclub. And when you do that for a while, that atmosphere gets you, not just the booze and fags. And that damages your health, but the spiritual atmosphere damages your life, and it, it made his life implode. He was hooked and trapped. One night, he didn't know that the church were praying for him because his wife became a Christian a few months earlier. And at the prayer meeting that night, they were praying for him in the church. And as they were praying for him, he's playing the piano, doing the stuff, whatever you do in a nightclub. I've never been, so I don't know. And suddenly, inside of him, this voice says, get out, get out, get out, like a panic like a, an urgency so he and, and he and he was so overwhelmed by this sense of this voice inside of him he stopped playing and he ran for the door and as he ran for the door just as he got to the threshold of the door he collapsed on the floor unable to move trembling 
And the voice said to him, you're powerless to escape. And without me, Jesus, in your life, you're powerless to deal with your own problems and your own sin. So he's lying on the floor there. Everybody else thinking he's having some sort of seizure or heart attack. But Jesus himself is speaking to his heart inside. And in that moment, it was like the Apostle Paul on the Damascus Road. You know the story, the light from heaven falling off the donkey and falling to the ground and Jesus speaking to him. No, nobody else knows what's going on. This is all going on inside of him. They just see this guy on the floor shaking. And he says, Jesus Save me, rescue me, forgive me. And two or three things happened to him in that moment. First of all, he had the new start. What Ben read out earlier, a new, it was a slam dunk kind of born again moment. In that moment, Christ came into his life. Light dawned. The second thing that happened to him was he became stone cold sober because he'd been drinking a bit that night, you know, and he was not quite with it. The third thing that happened to him was he was able to get up and walk again. So instead of going back to play, the the manager of this club sent him home. So there he is walking down the street early one evening and his wife is at the In those days, people got out the front of their houses and the neighbours talked to each other. You probably read about that in some history books somewhere. For some of us, it's actually real, isn't it? We used to stand on the doorstep and talk to each other. (laughs) Some of us have been brought up well. Mary Shearer. (laughs) So she's out in the front garden and just just talking with the neighbours and she says, it's your dad coming down the road. Kids, quick, you better get to bed because you know what he's like when he's been uh, uh, bad with a beer. I think that's a phrase we use around here, isn't it? And when he's been drinking hard, he'll be angry and aggressive, so quick, go and hide in bed. So the kids scarpered off to bed. It was a terrible house. The wallpaper was coming off the walls and neglected. And he walks up the road. The first thing the neighbours notice is he's walking straight. He never normally does this. He meets his wife at the garden gate and says, Can you ever forgive me for what I've done? Tonight... I met the Lord Jesus. He's forgiven me my sins. He's given me a new start. Could you ever find it in your heart to forgive me for all the terrible things I've done to you and this family? So they begin a process of reconciliation. They just weep in each other's arms. The next night, he's got to go back to work. So he goes back to work. He's in the nightclub. The piano's on the stage. And he starts playing. And he's thinking, I'm sick of this. I can't keep doing this. And he suddenly goes, clunk on the keys and stops. And he's got the microphone in front of him. He said, it's no good. I can't do this anymore. I've just got to tell you something. And he told them all what had happened to him the night before. And how every one of them in that nightclub needed to get saved. And give their lives to Jesus and have a brand new start. Do you know what happened? People got off their tables, came to the stage in the front, and knelt in a line. Now, he's got no Christian background. He does not know what to do. But he got something. He gets off the stage, and he says, what's your problem? He says, and this guy says, I'm Plymouth Brethren, and I'm backslidden. Now, Plymouth Brethren is a denomination, a very godly, Bible-believing, clean-living um, group of Christians. But he doesn't know what Plymouth is, or Plymouth Brethren is. So he said, well, go back to Plymouth then. <laughs> but you understand what he's saying? Go back to the start. Go back to the source of whatever gave you the best of what you've got in God. If you found it there in fellowship with the Plymouth Brethren, then go back there. And if that means going back to Plymouth, go back to Plymouth. Do whatever it takes, but go back with God, in order to go forwards. He didn't last long as a nightclub pianist anymore after that. But it transformed him, it transformed his marriage, and it transformed his family. And listen, this same God can transform you today. You can have a story like that. 
hopefully not quite as awful as dramatic, but real, personal, and true for you. Get back to Plymouth. Get back to Plymouth. Go back to the start. We need to know we have these experiences with God. To tell you one more of my experiences that's linked with Back to the Start, and we're going to remind us of something from the conference and conclude. A few years ago, Sally and I had a remarkable experience. We were at a Bible camp. I think we were in a tent. And during the night, Sally suddenly woke up. She didn't know why, but as she woke up, Stuff was going on in her heart and mind from the Holy Spirit. And she was remembering me and my start. You know that room I told you about, that prayer room when I was a student? That was what was on her mind. So she's thinking about all of this. And it's all churning off inside of her about me and my past and my start. And then a short while later, I wake up. And I can sense Sally is awake. I can do that because I can hear her cogs going round in her brain. You know, she might not say anything, but I, I can tell. She's usually making a list of jobs for the day when that's happening. And Sally said, are you awake? I said, yes, are you awake? Well, it's a silly question for me, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, it was early. It was about four in the morning, about half past four in the morning. That's the time. And I said to Sally, I've just had a remarkably interesting dream. I dreamt I was back in Bristol. I dreamt I was back doing this, and she said, oh, how strange. Because I've been lying awake here, having the thoughts that are going on in your dreams. Husbands, be very careful about what you dream about, because it seems your wife can tune into your thoughts and your dreams at night. So, seriously, it has to be the Lord. She is awake, chewing over something, and I am dreaming about it at the same time. This is how God can speak to us. This is real. This is how God stirs memories that we don't even remember. He can do it for all of you. Well, in my dream, I saw myself riding around that city on a bicycle. And for a year, I had a bicycle there. And I saw certain things, certain features, a big bunch of yellow flowers in, 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 a, in a traffic island. Remember that one? Other things. Well, the next year, on the 1st of January, I felt the Lord say to me, when I woke up on a brand new, he said, get a book by Bill Johnson, any book, and read it. So I did. Later that year, it was a good book about healing and all the stuff you were hearing about from Pastor Ian last week. It really encouraged me. It was good. Later that year, Andy Bowie says to me, there's a conference on in Bristol by Bill Johnson. Would you like to go? So three of us went there. And I told them about this dream. So Andy and Alison said to me, why don't you go hire a bicycle and do what you did in the dream? So I thought, all right, I will. I mean, I don't think I gave him quite that easy, but that was, the, you know, I want to make myself sound. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Anyway, I got the bicycle, and off I set during one of the afternoons off the conference. As I rode up the hill, there were the flowers I saw in the dream. Now, they only come out at a certain part of the year, don't they? I was there. And other things I saw in that dream were there as well. I rode down the same streets, not even deliberately, as I was in the dream. And I said, this was in the dream, and this was in the dream. So I went to the place I lived, to that room where I had the picture of my city on the wall. And to my surprise, I was able to get in as an old boy. When I say an old boy, I don't mean an, an old, old boy. I mean sort of like a former student of that place. And I met the secretary. She'd been there for years, and she started talking to me. And this is what she said. She took me into the dining room, still using the same china and crockery as they were using in those days. I thought, all times are hard. No and this is what she said to me, and this is the word I heard. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It's the same as when you left. Listen, 
when you go back to the start, nothing has changed. It's there waiting for you, however it was. For the boy who went back to his dad, the ring, the robe, the sandal, the feast, it was all there for him. Nothing had changed. You can go back to the start in God. And when you get there, he didn't become a servant as he asked. He was back as a son. That's what back to the start looks like in God. So how do we get there? Well, I told you in my message at the conference, something I've said here before, but here it is from Revelation chapter 2. Remember, repent, and redo. If you want to get your first love back, remember. This is what the boy did. He remembered what it was like with his dad. He remembered what it was like not to be fighting to even eat what the pigs had. He remembered what life was like then. Remember. Now, if you aren't slightly challenged in that regard, God can help you. Do you know, every day for about a week, God has been flashing into my mind as I've been praying in the morning and praying for the fire to come. He's been giving me different incidents, different memories, things to remember. Remember this, remember this, remember this. That was what it was like. That's what it can be like. Nothing has changed. Remember is a powerful tool in God's hands when you remember with the inspiration and the the, the help of the Holy Spirit. There are things God can bring to your mind. Remember this. Remember this. Remember this. This is how it was. Remember, God says. He calls us to remember. And then he calls us to repent. Now, that means to do exactly what Adam and Jane did. It means to reorder your life, to to reorder your thinking, your priorities. God, this has slipped to the bottom of my priority table. It's got to come number one again. I've got to make a change of lifestyle by having a change of thought and priority in my head. Redo. Ha! It's so easy to get to this stage and then not to redo. The secret is to do what we did at first. If we do, our passion, our love, our desire, our experience of the origin, our experience of the start will happen again. The boy reordered his thoughts. I can't be here. My father's servants are better off than this. He repented. He changed his way of thinking. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't be like this. This is all wrong. Why am I here? But he didn't just think I need to go back. He did it. And do you know how long a distance there was between thinking about it and doing it? None. He did it straight away. And that's the secret. In the delay is the devil. Don't delay. Don't do dumb things either. Make sure it's in God. But he redid. Remember Repent, redo. Those three things will take you back to the start like it did that son that was lost. And when you get there, like him, you get it all back. Back is not backwards. Back is is possible in God, with God. I want to ask you now to close your eyes. Just think before the Lord. What is God saying to you? What remembrance is God bringing to you? What fresh priority, reordering is he bringing to you? What's he saying to you? Only you and the Lord can know that in this moment unless God prophetically reveals it, it's yours. What do we have to redo? Now this morning, without asking you what, I'm going to invite anyone who wants to come back to the start 
to leave their seats and come and kneel at the front. This is your opportunity to show God that you want to restart. We'll call the front Plymouth. You can get back to Plymouth this morning. I'm just going to give you a, a little bit of time just for you to do your own individual personal business with God. We're just going to have some music and this is a chance for you to tell God, God, I'm coming back to the start. Coming back to the source, to the origin. I was there in my heart, my mind. It was like I was taken out of myself in the spirit and there. And I saw Jesus' feet at the cross. And as I knelt there, a drop of blood fell from his feet onto my head. And I knew God had done something for me in that moment. And we teach that Everywhere Jesus shed blood from, everywhere he's wounded, means something. It's not just accidental. And his feet speak to us of the purpose of God in our lives, that he was nailed to the cross. He couldn't go anywhere. He was nailed to the cross. He could no longer fulfill the purpose of God in the earth, only to be the sacrifice in that moment because Jesus' feet were pierced you and I are set free in the purpose of God he was held back and restricted but you don't have to be I want to I encourage you now to see yourself at the foot of the cross and see that blood that comes from Jesus' feet that's your releasing today into a new beginning, into the purpose of God. Father, I pray today for everyone here that by the power of the blood of Jesus that came, comes from the blood he shed from his feet at the cross, that that blood would be on us today. That where he 
was robbed of his purpose and destiny, where he was robbed of his ministry and nailed to the cross, the blood of Jesus touches our lives and we're released. Through that blood, we're not restricted and held back anymore. Through that blood, we can walk back home to the Father like the Son did. Our feet are not prevented. We're loosed. Lord, I speak the truth and the power of that blood. And by faith, I apply to everyone here this morning that through Jesus' blood, your purpose in him is released all over again. There's a new start for you today in his purpose through the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray the blood that came from Jesus' side that was blood and water that was divided. Lord, I pray that that blood will be on us today to stop every division in our hearts, to heal every double-mindedness of shall I, shan't I, I'll go so far with God but not far, I won't go back to start. But Lord, let the blood of Jesus be on us that comes from his side, that speaks of his heart for God and his character the nature of Jesus may be born afresh in us today. And there's something else with that blood from Jesus' feet that the Lord wants to say to us, and that's rejection. As you're at the foot of the cross, Jesus is not standing on the earth. He's actually just a short distance above it. Earth has rejected him. Heaven can't receive him. So he hangs there between heaven and earth, the most unwanted man in the whole of history. In the whole of time and space, nobody was more rejected than Jesus. And in that moment, he takes all our insecurity and rejection, all our need to be wanted, all that sense of rejection and not wanted that we have, Jesus takes it on himself. And when his blood from his cross and his feet fall onto us, it's healing our rejection. It's saying, we don't have to be rejected. Jesus has taken all our rejection. And now he accepts us for who we are through the blood of his cross. You're no longer rejected. So I'm going to ask us to pray a simple prayer and declaration together. Just a moment. But take another moment at the cross to tell Jesus all the feelings of rejection you have and then tell him you've taken it away by your blood this takes faith to see it but the reward is awesome thank you Lord. no longer rejected but we're accepted in the beloved Jesus' blood 
is the exchange at the cross. His rejection is our acceptance. He took on our rejection that we might be accepted. His loss is our gain, our restoration. Lord, he was thirsty, hungry, naked, and in want of all things so that we can be fully restored and wanting for nothing in you with everything brought back to us including the years the enemy snatched please can you repeat this after me Father God I declare that by Jesus blood from his nailed feet my purpose is restored in you and I can come back to the start Father I declare that through the blood that Jesus shed from his feet where he was rejected from earth and carried my rejection I am no longer rejected but I am accepted in Jesus now we're going to do something that we don't normally do on a Sunday morning we're going to give a shout of release together and if you feel that sense of lostness, purposelessness, and rejection, in that shout, you're going to, as it were, expel all of that purposelessness and rejection and sense of loss in your life. So in a moment, we're going to come to three, and then we're just going to say, go in the name of Jesus to all that stuff, even as his blood is applied to our lives. There's a release in the Spirit over our lives. So we're going to just give that shout now. This might seem a little bit strange or unusual to you, but it's okay. It's all right to do this. It's in the Bible. It's normal and natural before God. So here we go. Are you ready? Tell all of that rejection to go in a shout. All of that loss to go in a shout. All of that lostness and oldness to go in a shout. In Jesus' name. One, two, three. Go! one more time for 20 seconds we're going to move the earth today and rattle the walls and the windows are you ready one two three says we have peace through the blood of his cross even as you've asked God to touch you with that blood even as you brought things to Jesus this morning the word of the Lord to you is go your way in peace there is peace between you and me peace to make you whole peace to refund all that was taken Peace to replace all those lost years. Peace for you to have a new start and a new beginning in my spirit. What if I could ask us to stand? Let's lift our hands to the Lord now. Lord, to everyone standing here, I apply like Moses the blood by faith. And I speak over every person here, 
peace through his blood. And that works in two ways, the Bible says. Peace between us and God, or three ways. Peace between us and others, and peace with ourselves. Lord, by Jesus' blood now I speak peace between every one of us and God. That we can go our way feeling at peace and right with God. Peace between us and ourselves. That when we look in the mirror, we're not feeling that we're in the wrong place, losing touch with you, losing the years. But a new start and a new beginning has come upon us. And peace with others. Lord, the son had to go home to an elder brother issue. But God dealt with it through the father. Peace was restored. Harmony and healing was restored. The blood of Jesus brings peace between us and others and us and God and us and ourselves and us and the world around us. Lord, I speak now the peace of Jesus through his blood over every person standing here today. You can go home with God's peace knowing you're at peace in him today. God loves you. God bless you. Minister his love and his peace to others this week. Amen. Please take your seats a moment, Ben.